Hello, where many hats listeners. How the devil are you today? Once again, we are on the road. We are currently recording this episode at Salisbury Square, where we are going to be joined today by an individual who is the Workplace Services Manager of ServiceNow, Mr. Matt Brownlee. Kia ora, Matt. How's it going? Kia ora. Good, good. Yeah. How are you? Oh, mate, really good, really good. How's your day Excellent. been? Good, good, yeah. Busy day, of course. Yeah. Um, but happy to be here. Yeah, happy to yeah. be doing the podcast. You've been party planning today, haven't you? A little bit of party planning for, yeah. our, for our new location that uh, we're opening up this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, exciting yeah. times. Anywhere nice? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emerald Isle, Dublin. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So. You're going to go over there and kiss the Blarney stone? <laughs> I'll give it a crack. I'll give yeah. it a crack. Have a run along giant yeah. cordway. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good stuff. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I always like to start with a very, a very easy question, to be fair. Um, look, walk us through your career. Obviously, you're from New Zealand, yep. based on the accent. Exactly. Um, and I know how to say hello in um, Maori because I lived over there for eight years. I impressed Matt quite significantly there. Very impressed. Yeah. Um, so walk us through your career. Um, obviously, it's quite an interesting transition. Yeah, so I actually started, um, so I left high school when I was 16, uh, a little bit early, but yeah. I'd had enough, um, and actually started working in a kitchen full-time as, right. a, as a chef. Really? Uh, did that for about five years, mm-hmm. and then decided it was time to go back to university. Yep. Um, trained to be a primary school teacher. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so a, a BA in education with a minor in mass media communications. Right. Um and then about three weeks after my last exam at uni, I packed my bags, yeah. hopped on my first ever long-haul flight, yeah. landed in the UK. There you go. <laughs> um, and then obviously was working in, in schools for, for about 18 months. Yeah. Um, oh, so you worked in schools over in the UK? Yeah. yeah. Really? I worked at a, a school for children with, with very high-level special needs, so a lot of nonverbal autism. Oh, so quite um, challenging then. I mean, that's a pretty challenging role for your first one. I, you yeah, know. very challenging yeah. For, for someone fresh out of university. How old were you then? Uh, 24. That's a lot of responsibility yeah. for a 25-year-old. Yeah. So obviously working in, in, in those schools and in that school in particular, we had the, the classroom teacher uh, and then myself as a, a teaching assistant and there was a couple yeah. of other teaching assistants in there. Yeah, so I think it was a three-to-one ratio uh, right, of, okay. of children to, to teachers. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. I imagine you would have to be very patient in that environment because of the needs of the, the, the children. I'm, guess, I'm guessing you, you, you probably learned some valuable lessons there that you've probably taken across the remainder of your career. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So patience, patience was key yeah, um, and still is in, in, in the career now. Mm. Um, but also listening and understanding, but not just understanding, obviously we had children that were non-verbal, so you're not just looking for verbal cues. Oh, so non-verbal, you, you have yeah. that ability to understand yeah. non-verbal communication yeah. as well. Right. And, and that empathy that you have for, for people that can't necessarily communicate yeah. uh, what they want to communicate. Right. Okay. So, can I ask? Because um, I'm guessing when you were in in, in Fahanui, is it Fahanui? What do we call New Zealand again? Aotearoa. Aotearoa. That's it. That's. It's been a while, kids. Been... <laughs> Fahanui was a swimming pool in Christchurch. It was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which isn't there anymore, actually. Oh no. Did they, did uh, no, I tell you, right? No, the squash club that was next door to it got knocked down. It's flats now, but the oh, school really? and uh, the swimming pool are still there. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Was that because of the earthquake then? Is that why? No, no, there? just developers' money. Oh, yeah. really? Ah, oh, money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, my original question. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that you did some kind of like um, work experience in schools when you were training to be a teacher in New Zealand. Yeah, correct. And then obviously you've come to the UK, but you've yep. taken quite 
probably a very different role to what you had the work experience in. Were there any yeah. differences in terms of the English educational system that you noticed towards? Um, no, well, I mean, obviously that, that school wasn't mainstream education, mm. um, but the curriculum in, in the UK is is very similar uh, yeah. to New Zealand, obviously a former British colony. Yeah. Um, and that, so to the point that we actually still learn French in, in high school. Oh, really? Um, right. Over here it makes sense. France is across the channel. Yeah. It's not that easy to get to France from New Zealand, so. No. But they still teach French as as a language. Um, you would have thought you, that you'd learn some schools. kind of Polynesian language, wouldn't you? Yeah, they, they teach um, Te Reo Māori. As, right. That's one of our three official languages. So right. we have English, Te Reo Māori, and sign language. Right. Okay. Um, as our official languages of of New Zealand, but in yeah. schools, um, especially in primary school, they try to integrate Te Reo as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. a bit, bit of a bit of a culture shock then, I'm guessing, when you when you started the, the role in that school. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But enjoyed it. Um, did that for, as I say, up until uh, the end of the school year. Right. Um, and then because I was a supply teacher or yeah. a supply teaching assistant, um, obviously there's no work over the summer. Um, oh, of course, yeah. So I was signed up with a, another temporary agency called Australasian. Right. Um, so obviously looking after Australians and New Zealanders yeah. uh, coming over here. Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they actually placed me um, in a temporary role at an educational charity called Teach First. Right. Um, and it was a, what I call now affectionately a gopher. So, right. hey, Matt, go for this, go for that, go for the other thing. Ah, uh, right, like an entry level. Right, yeah, so thing, very, yeah. very entry level in, in workplace. Um, mm. But from that, you know, you're doing, you know, meeting room setups, you're, yeah. you're sat on the front desk assisting the, the front of house, you're going down getting boxes for people, doing floor walks, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. So got a bit of an interest in it. Right. Um, and then the next, that, that role actually finished because um, they hired someone permanently. Um, and I actually got a role in a fashion company uh, called Net Porter oh, really? uh, in the post room. Oh, um, really? right. Okay. So again, it was meant to be a week long temporary yeah, assignment. Yeah. Um, three months into it, they were offering me a, a permanent role. Oh, fantastic. So um, from there, I did that for, I think it was a year or 18 months or so. Right. Um, and that's when I got my, my first, I'll say, I don't want to say real role, but my first mm-hmm. official um, workplace services title. Really? Um, or role, or facilities, as we called it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite a funny story, I think. Go on, then. We love a funny um, story. So a lot of, a lot of people that, that you speak to in, in workplace and, and facilities, you ask them, how did you how did you get into it? Yeah. And everyone, or I would say 95% of people would say, I fell into it. I completely agree. Absolutely everyone that comes on the podcast says the same thing. And yeah, I yeah. absolutely fell into it. Yeah. Um, so we... The, the office that we were in is, is just above the Westfield and Shepherd's Bush. And there was about, um, I think there's 1,600 old people there. Right. Um, and there were three of us in the post room, and we had a, a very small post room. It wasn't designed for, you know, you're a fashion company, you're getting in lots and lots of clothing, yeah. lots of big items, things like that, yeah. as well as people's personal mail. Yeah, yeah. So we said, we need more space, we need more space. Mm-hmm. So they went out and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, designed an expansion to this post room, taking some some space from another department uh, yeah. and things like that. Um, but at no point did they consult with us as to really how we how we work and things like that. Right. Um, or I, I felt we weren't consulted with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they came in with a plan and they said, we're going to put you guys here, we're going to do this. And I said, well, that's rubbish. Yeah. I said, that's not going to work for us. I said, oh, it's health and safety. We have to have this gap here. We have to have this gap here. I said, no, that's right. safety. Yeah. You haven't thought about our health. Like we, we need to be able to talk, we need to be able to work and it's, you know, it's not, yeah, yeah. 
it wasn't the most exciting role. Yeah. But so we, as a team, we made it fun. We got along and things like that. Um, so anyway, they, they went away to, to have a think and, and things like that. And I got a phone call. I used to finish at seven o'clock. Um, so I used to work 11 till seven, great, great shift to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah without doubt. I got a phone call from, from the manager at the time. She says, oh, Matt, are you free? I said, yeah. She says, oh, can you come up and see me at my desk? I was like, oh, God. oh no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I see where this is going. I went too and, far uh, with the help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said to me, oh, have you ever considered a, 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 a job or a career in facilities? Said, yeah. What's that? <laughs> As she we says, all do. Yeah. What do I do? I said, oh, no. She said, oh, well, we're opening the, the tech hub, which was the new office. Yeah. She said, we need a facilities assistant. Would you be interested in, in applying for it? Yeah. Said, Absolutely. Right. So... That was that was it. And that's that's it. Now, that's that's yeah. your journey into facilities yeah. management, yeah. effectively. Thinking I was getting fired for yeah. for running my mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, you know, sometimes I think that's what it takes, isn't it? You know, to because quite clearly you put yourself, you put yourself, you push yourself out of your out of your um, comfort zone. Yeah. You know, really to have that conversation with those individuals who were probably far higher up in the business than you were. Exactly. So yeah. Took took a bit. Uh, courage to do that and yeah. i think people respect courage so they yeah, obviously definitely. saw some talent there and thought well oh, this guy's got a bit about him let's yeah. let's see what let's see where we can take this you yeah know? exactly exactly and and it was really good like um chris who was who was my manager she really sort of helped me she knew that i was new into into that field so there was a lot of support there and mentorship into yep. you know how to to do the very early stages of that stakeholder management and how we keep the office safe and how we essentially run an effective office. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, which, yeah, really, really launched me into into where I am today. Right, okay. So let's talk a little bit about where you are today. So obviously you started as a facilities assistant. Correct. Where did you go from there? Uh, so from there I moved into facilities coordinator. Right. With the same business? Um, no, with a different business. Who was the business? Uh, it was with a CBRE. Right, okay. Yep. Big. That's a big yep. company in the property management world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Shout out to CBRE. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I actually interviewed for for that role and the one at ServiceNow at the same time. Oh, really? Um, and then I got the CBRE role. I needed to, because I'd, I'd been traveling for, for a few months. Right. Um, so I needed to basically get a job in quick. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, cool. Yeah. Um, need, need a job to pay for the traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then got, um, I think it was only about six months later, got a, got a call from, from the recruiter that I'd been speaking to. Right. Um, and they're saying, oh, how's it going? I was yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. Like, so why? Oh, they're, they're looking at service now again for, for someone. I was like, oh, yeah. Why don't you just send me over the job spec and I'll have a yeah, little look. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously chatted to, to Lewis, who I know you've had on the on the podcast. We as have, well. yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out to Lewis. Yeah, Thank you for your Lewis. time, Lewis. Um, and and Darth, who was our director at the time. Yeah. And then January sixth, twenty twenty. Yeah. First day walking into Service Now Stain's office. Fantastic. And you've been here ever since. Been here ever since. Well, to be fair, you've been promoted a couple of times actually. A couple well, of times. Yeah. yeah. So I started yeah. in a contractor role. Yep. So I was a contractor for twelve months. Mm-hmm. Then got made to to an FTE. Yeah, uh, and then that was as a workplace, um, yeah, workplace services site lead. Right. Uh, then yeah, promoted up to senior site lead. Yeah. Um, and then now manager. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you, you're responsible predominantly for the UK. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just for for people out there um, that are either starting their journey in facilities management. Um, what what do you think helped you in terms of those promotions, getting noticed, and what what was the driving factor or the determining factor there that 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 made that an easy decision for service now, um, and also helped you get there? 
So the biggest thing for me was, one, well, there were two things, sorry, two of the biggest things. Yeah. Number one was having a really strong mentor. Right. Um, and again, shout out to Lewis um, and and all my managers that I've had at, at ServiceNow. So that mentorship, they, that support has yeah. been, yeah. Because uh, that actually helps with the, the second part, which is stepping out of your comfort zone. Yes. So even doing this podcast for me is, yeah. is massively out of my comfort zone. Well, you can't um, tell. You do yeah. very well, to be fair. <laughs> this yeah. is all the training and mentorship yeah, I've this had is, yeah. Well um, done, Lewis. <laughs> you are but, basically a Jedi nice, my friend. Well done. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, no, but it's, it's, it's doing things um, outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, that that help you to get recognized yes um because people and you know but but being honest to say look i'm not 100 percent comfortable doing this yeah yeah so it might take a little bit of time i might need a little bit of help with this um i think people appreciate that though matt i, I yeah. really do though rather than rather than because there's that whole thing isn't there like fake it till you make it which is fine you can do that too there's nothing wrong with that um but but you know i think it's important to turn around and say i'm not too sure about this i, I think yeah. i probably can do it but i'm going to need more support can you can you offer me that support? Yeah, and one of our one of our um, company pillars is is hungry and humble. Yep, and that's that's very much it. Like you're hungry to succeed, but you're humble enough to ask for help when like you need that. to ask for help. I like that. Um, and get that support that you need. Yeah. Um, but also, like obviously, it's good. You know, you need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to do those things, but you need to be able to still do them and deliver on on what you need to do and prove that you can deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on. Because there's yeah. no point saying I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, and then go. You know, dead yeah. silence afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the mentorship, was that like a more formal um, program that ServiceNow initiate and, and, and promote? Or was that something that Lewis, as your manager, um, just offered and wanted to instill? Or, you know, how did that come about? Because sometimes I think it's important for people to understand how they can actually get a mentor because there's different mm. ways of achieving it there know? is there is you can go down the formal route and we yep. do have we do have a formal one within the the finance org and yep. workplace and and service now fits within that that finance org of the business yeah but um i i was lucky enough that you know being based in the uk lewis is based in the uk we're sat next to each other right so there's those little conversations that you can have and obviously yeah. he mentors the, the whole team, right? of course. Yeah, um, but you were but able I was, to take advantage I was, of that yeah, proximity. So yeah. I could just turn around and say, "Hey, I'm not too sure about this, or yeah. what do you think about this response, or how do you think I can improve this? Yeah. You know, piece of work that I'm doing." Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's and and I think that's you know, if you're if you're looking for that mentorship, going out and finding that someone, they don't even have to be your your manager or someone within your org. It's just finding someone that you can chat to to go. Yeah. Like an informal you know, over a coffee or something like that. Yep. Oh, I'm just working on this little problem. How do you think I can improve it to to deliver yeah. a better piece of work? Yeah, of course. So d- during that time period as well, did you take advantage of any formal training or anything like that that has helped you get to the level you are now? Yes. So I did my NEBOSH, so my health and safety qualification. Did um, you pass it first? Yes. You did? Yes. Well done. I actually... I, um, it's actually quite it's tough, Nebo. It was tough, yeah, and it? and one of my my colleagues, Akib, has just um, just submitted, and he's waiting for his uh, results to come back now. Really? Uh, oh. So I think they're due in February. So we've all got uh, our fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, for, fingers for crossed. Good luck. Good he's, luck. He's got a good mentor as well. So oh, you know. <laughs> Who's that, Mark? For Nebo, for, for Nebo, at least. Nebo, yeah, yeah, yeah Nebo's mentor. Um, so so I did my Nebo qualification because I saw that. Um, you know, we needed um, that health and safety. Yeah. Um, 
you know, mindset in the office um, or have that, that knowledge uh, in the office. So I was like, cool, that's something I can do. And again, ServiceNow is really good. We get a, a budget yep. per person to do these formal qualifications. Yep. Um, before I even did that, I actually did a introduction to facilities management through IWFM. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend anyone that's that's getting into to FM or, or workplace. To engage with. So, yeah. It's a relatively cheap course to do if yeah. you're paying for it out of your pocket. Yeah. But it's it's a good high-level course to give you an insight of, of the ins and outs of facility management. Right. Okay. Um, so how long did it take you to do that course then, just for people out there that maybe... The IWFM? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been... Maybe a week. If Maybe you, a week. If, yeah, is, yeah. Is it generally, is that an online learning yeah, scenario? Online. Right, yeah. okay. But yeah. it gave you a good base grounding for the facilities management yeah. industry on yeah. the whole. I say a week because I had the luxury of I wasn't working at that time because I'd just come back from right. my travel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I could just sit at home and, Take up you know, of it. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's something that you can, you know, you can do over You can dip into or, it, dip yeah, out to it, yeah. dependent on yeah. what your schedule is. Yeah, exactly, okay, exactly. Cool. So after my, my Nibosh, uh, I actually got involved with Cornet Global. Right. Um I don't know them, so you might have to give us a little bit more background on that. So Cornet is a corporate real estate organization. Um, right. It's based in the US, but obviously they've got members all yeah, around yeah, the world. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, so I did a QPCR. And please don't ask me. <laughs> um, I don't know I, what it is. So you're gonna have to... <laughs> qualified person in commercial real estate. Oh, um, well done, well done. And... Uh, what that what that does is 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 it focuses on you know corporate real estate. I really hope I get this right. Yeah. Um, corporate real estate, but also there's leadership aspects in that as well. Right. Okay. So you know you're you're dealing with you know how to manage key stakeholders. Yep. You're learning with how to um, you know work within your team and motivate your team, yep. and as well as like the financials around what we do with corporate real estate and workplace, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know budgeting and and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So, what what keeps you engaged about you know facilities management? Because obviously you kind of fell into it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's one thing to fall into it; it's another thing to stay in it. Yeah. So, you know, what what keeps you engaged? What 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 drives you in relation to the industry? It's it's just how varied it is. Right. Right. So, I always I always say there's there's no buzz quite like when you're running service in a kitchen. Right. There's, there's no no thing that you can have on earth that will give you that buzz. And I know that chefs, if there's any chefs that listen, they'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. But working in, in workplace is probably the next best thing. What do you mean? Because what do you mean a buzz? It's I, just, it's a weird feeling of when everything's, you know, as they say on rails, like yeah. it's busy, it's chaotic, it's hot, it's noisy, but everything's just running smoothly. It's like a, it's like a beautiful dance. Uh, um, until like it's that. not, until someone breaks a plate or something like that. And yeah, then it all yeah. goes, or it all goes complains to that yeah. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. you know, it's, 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 with with workplace, it's hugely varied. Yeah, right. Like any, well, lots of moving parts. Huge many, amount many of moving hats. parts. Many many hats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and what you what you plan to do in a day and what you do in a day are two very different things. But yes. I do love that. Right. Um, like that that I don't want to say chaos, but you know that dynamic um, element yeah. to it. You know the, the the the. So what you're basically saying is you have a you have a plan for the day. However, that changes significantly throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. And you're having to deal with problems that you weren't prepared for, but you have to have the skill set to deal with them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like yesterday, for example, I, I came into to the Stains office, found that there was about three centimeters of water in the basement car park. Oh, God. So obviously you're then on the phone to get someone in to check, do we have a bot drain? Obviously the river levels are exceptionally high at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, we're dealing with the landlord because that's their, their demise space. We've then got people coming in. Yeah. Car park's closed. We're having to direct traffic. We've only got a limited, you know, yeah. things like that. And that's all between before, you know, 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> and then, you know, directly after that, I was catching up with the other site leaders and managers around the mirror. Yeah. And we're talking about um, something completely different. Right. And then we're, you know, you've got other calls where you're talking about different things all in one day. You could be talking about half a dozen, you know, a dozen different topics. Yeah. To today where I'm planning a, an opening party. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. Um, which I'll be like expecting that, my is... invite. Um, it's in the post. Matt, it's in the post. I'll be, I'll be expecting that. I, I, I could go over to the Emerald Isle and um, see some of your family, couldn't I? You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But no, I love it. I genuinely, it's, it's just that, that crazy buzz is, yeah. is amazing. Okay, well, let me, let me ask you another question. Okay, I don't ask this question very often, but I'm going to ask it to you because I think you can handle it. All right? Let's take you back 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? But... Ten years ago, you know everything you do now mm-hmm. about facilities management. Okay, um, you pick up a new role with all of that knowledge at twenty odd year old, whatever old you are at that time. What's the first few things you do in the first couple of months? Oh, that is a fantastic question. So, um, when you say I'm coming, so I'm coming into my role now as a manager, or I'm coming into the no, no, your st- I had you're coming in as the interim role of facilities coordinator. I think it was what you said. Uh, facilities, uh, all right, the the gopher role. Yeah, the gopher role. The gopher role. But yep. you're the gopher with all the knowledge that you've acquired in the 13, 14 Ooh. years. That, what okay, would you I didn't do? Expect, I did not expect that. Question. Well, I, I like to check them out. Only because I know you can cope with it, Matt. That's all. Yeah, so yeah, no, definitely. First thing I'd do is warn everyone that it's going to be a global pandemic. <laughs> right. Then I'd buy shares and hand sanitizer. <laughs> Start a PPE business. <laughs> Create some links with government. <laughs> no, to be honest, what I'd do uh, if I had all the knowledge is I'd actually just bring back the qualifications that I did so that I can get to the point that I am now earlier and then go beyond it. Because right. obviously I started quite late in my career, right? Yeah, so how old were you when you started? Uh, I was 26. 627. Right, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but you're still quite young now, really, aren't you? Uh, you know. You're not an old fella. Tell my knees that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's one of those, when, when your knees start telling you it's going to rain 10 minutes before it goes. To be fair. I'm old enough to still look young. I'll take that. Exactly. Um, exactly. I, t- I say that all the time to my wife. She doesn't believe <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I would keep on, on the path that I'm doing. Right, okay. But just obviously then the first thing, you know, I would look for someone to mentor. Yeah. Because I know how, and I know I keep going back to that mentorship, but I know how valuable that is for for people that are starting out. But that's important. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really interesting that the things that you hark back to is the training and the mentorship. Because it sounds to me like they were the, the, the two key parts of your career that have helped you push forward. And yeah. that's, that, that's what you would do again if you had your time over. But you'd do it quicker. Yeah, 100%. But, that, but that's an important piece of information for people that are listening to this podcast and potentially thinking about moving into the industry. Because they can, you know, at home right now go, right, well, I need to do that. Yeah. Wherever I get a job, I need to identify that individual that can mentor me. And I need to push on with training to help develop myself. Yeah. You know, but that's great. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's the way to go. Yeah. 100%. Okay, cool. All right, then. Let's talk about something really interesting. ESG. What are your views on it? And where do you see it going? ESG, massively important. Yep. Like, we've, we've only got one Earth, right? Yeah, true. Um, and we, you know, officers, um, hugely important. Yep. We're always going to have them. But they are a big draw on resources. So yes. we need to make sure that we're 
doing things to minimize our impact on the environment. Yep. Uh, reducing the carbon footprint, but also giving back where we can. Yep. Um, you know, and and building building programs around you know helping people, helping yeah, yeah. especially you know schools, things like that. Um, but sustainability, huge. Yeah, it's going to be the way forward. I think any new building um, that goes up, any office fit out, you're mm. going to be looking at more you know reclaimed, recycled materials. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, your waste to, to landfill and, and things like that. Yeah. Would you say that young people looking at you know potentially taking a, a career in the area? should start thinking about how they can add value in those areas and, you know, maybe what training that they would, would that help their career? Would that be something that would be beneficial? Definitely. Yeah. If you can, if you can go in when you're starting, starting a career with, with that angle mm. uh, and have a foundation knowledge around that, yeah. it's going to be hugely beneficial to you. Yeah. I think there's many courses, is there? Are there many things that young people can do in that arena? Not that I've really come across, but obviously you can learn, you know, you can read up on, um, ESG, you can but, understand, you know, legislations and the different um, accreditations that a business can yeah. can gain through through an ESG program. How crazy is it that there isn't, though? <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, there, there might yeah. be. There might very yeah, well there could be. be. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, not I, aware I, of any. No, yeah. yeah, same, yeah. same. But like, if there isn't, that would be quite crazy, given what we're trying to achieve as an industry. And I think, as an industry, we actually do this very well. Um, I think we do it better than most. Um, you know, we're talking about it on a regular basis. There's initiatives that are coming out, you know, from, you know, clients such as yourselves to managing agents to contractors like us. We're all doing different things that that, that can move it forward. Yeah. And I think as an industry, we've all kind of taken out. We should be proud of ourselves. Pat ourselves on the back a little bit. No, I agree. You know? Yeah. And we, we partner with, with a lot of different vendors. Like this this office, for example, right, we really wanted to talk about the sustainability piece. Yeah. So the chair you're sat on now. Right. What, what would you say it's made out of? Uh, vinyl or a, a vinyl kind of thing? It's a, it's a vegan leather. Is it? Yeah. What's a vegan leather? Well, it's a, it's a non-animal based leather. What is it then? We don't ask me that, but it's a vegan <laughs> leather. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wood there along the, um, along the wall yeah. that's reclaimed. Right, okay. So we've, we've looked to partner with our, you know, our fit-out company and our furniture company to go, right, how can we reduce the impact on, on what we're doing? Right, okay. Um, and, you know, we've got books around. I don't know if you saw them when you were, you were waiting for me to come through mm. on, on our sustainability journey with, with the fit-outs because we're really? really proud of what we managed to achieve. With well, that. you should be, really, because, you know, I, I think that's amazing, especially the things like, you know, vegan leather. I didn't even know that that yeah. existed, if I'm honest. So um, I think that's a great initiative. And reclaimed wood's always good, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It looks cool as well, yeah. reclaimed wood, you know. That looks like it came from an old gym in a school or something like that. You know what I mean? Looks like the old gym balls they used to be. To be fair, okay. So, um, in in terms of how, because obviously we talked about the initiatives you've done. You know, where do you see it going? I I see it just just being second nature yeah. for people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so waste streams, for example, would just be second nature that you've got everything's divided. Um, you think we'll get far better at that? Yeah, and, and, yeah you know, yeah. I yeah. think I think um, like solar panels and things like that. Yeah, yeah. That renewable energy that's just going to be standard. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've obviously got a lot of electric vehicles at the moment. Yes. I think there, what needs to happen is the infrastructure needs to keep up. Yep. Um, or get to the same level that that we have for for the electric vehicles that we have. Agreed. But I can see that happening as well. Yeah. I, I read an article. You know, apparently we need to build. 3,000 charging units a day for the next five years if we wanted to get to, um, like, no electric cars whatsoever by 2030, mm. something like which is a lot. That's, that's a lot yeah, of that's charging a lot. units, yeah. Yeah. yeah, to be fair. 
Um, and a self-confessed petrol head. It's, yeah. You know, it's difficult, but it, I know it needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, they're, they're doing quite some quite interesting things with hydrogen as well now, aren't they? Mm. So, yeah, exactly. You know, hydrogen is, a, you know, I guess it burns quite hot when they chat, I think. I don't know. It's, a, it's more like a, a, an internal combustion engine than electric anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's burning something rather than just running off electricity. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that'll get somewhere. In saying that, I went for a ride in a Tesla a couple of weeks back, and those things are quick. Yeah, so are, it does. Yeah. It does fill that need that I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. The, te- the technology behind them is amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just instant, instant speed, instant power. It's getting a bit obviously of only up to the speed limit, but yeah, it's getting a bit of grief at the minute, Elon, isn't it? I heard that they had to, they've had to recall two million Teslas in the US because really? of, yeah, apparently because you know the auto um, function. On them, they've got an autopilot function, so yeah. you can basically put it on and it'll drive itself. Yeah. Um, apparently, two million of them need to be recalled because there's an issue with it. There's something like um, a thousand deaths or something because of crashes of Teslas. Really? And if that's right, I read it somewhere. Elon, don't sue me. Yeah. Could be wrong, right? I'm sticking that proviso out there. Um, but I did read that somewhere, so I think he's having a bit of a rougher time with it in terms. But he's done a lot for the environment. Oh yeah. Yeah, a huge I mean, amount. I mean, leave the guy alone. Um, let him innovate. You know? My my concern around him was obviously when the batteries start to deplete and things. How do we that? And when I talk about infrastructure, um, it's around that. How do we obviously? How do we keep them charged? But then, how do we when they do deplete? Because batteries deplete, right? Yeah. Well, how do we deal with the waste associated yeah, with those exactly, batteries? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's as toxic as things like nuclear and things like that, isn't it? So yeah, I think there's there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered with respect to that, don't they? Yeah. Um, but he's certainly the way to go. Um, you know, but you know, coal's like this day, so is fuel, wasn't it? So, to be fair, <laughs> but there we go. Fusion, yeah. <laughs> anyway. When I was watching Tomorrow's World when I was 11, they told me they'd be flying cars by the time 2024 20, came around. There <laughs> they've still got they've still got 11 months, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 11 yeah. and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna buzzing around in DeLoreans before we know it. Elon, right? if you listen, yeah. need to get busy, mate. Yeah, Elon, sorry, help, mate. What's going on? Yeah. Not messing around, get it stussed. Okay, cool. And what about, um, I, I think, you know, moving on to the next question, so artificial intelligence, okay? Mm-hmm. We always ask this question. I'm going to ask it differently to you, Matt, okay? How do you think artificial intelligence can help us as facilities management professionals on our journey to a sustainable future? I think it would be anticipating um, issues before they happen. Right. Right. So, we so always, an intuitive element to it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, if you think about, I know we've already, you know, we already use leak detection and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Which I guess is somewhat of a form of artificial intelligence because it does notify us. That's that, true. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. When something's something. But yeah, preempting things. Mm. Um, you so know. You think that that's kind of the, the growth area within that space? Yeah. Okay. And what about other elements of AI? You know, how do you think, is are there other parts of AI that you think can, you know, supplement facilities management and well, the the, the the industry of facilities management and helpers or yeah, automation and and helping users. Like if we think, you know, core fundamentals of of workplace and facilities are the users, right? Yes. So again, AI using um or oh, sorry, using AI to to help solve for these problems, yeah, or to help the users, you know, seamlessly raise a, a ticket or or something like that to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And as a tech business, 
you know, because I always like to ask these questions of technical businesses. Um, what, what are you like in terms of innovation and technology from, you know, your service partners and things like that? Do you like to try different things? Do you like to, to see innovative ways of working? And what's the most interesting thing you've seen in the last couple of years, <laughs> if there is anything? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely, you know, we're always looking for the latest and greatest technology. Yeah. Um, and our teams, right? Um, yeah. What's the greatest thing I've seen? Um, I mean... I was quite I was quite stoked when we when I arrived at ServiceNow to see every desk was sit to stand. I know it's not AI or technology, but that was amazing. I, I, um, I, like that. I, that I went cool. from like yeah. you know the standard traditional desks. Yeah, um, are they hydraulic ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. steel case. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Phil, I know you you haven't been through to uh, to ABC, but the the technology right. that we're installing in there at the moment is amazing. Really, you know, LED screens all around for a completely immersive experience for our our customers and and right. things like that coming in when they're demoing the product. Yeah, it's just incredible. Honestly, yeah, it's I'll going wait. to be incredible when it's when it's finished. Well, we'll have to see that one yeah. day. You know, yeah. Well, you never know. It might become a customer one day. So you there can you have go. to show it to us anyway. <laughs> you know, you always good. Get the demo kit up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, listen, to be fair, I think that kind of brings us to the end of it, Matt, to be fair. Um, I'll tell you what. Tell us a little bit about you. About me? What do you like Thanks. doing outside of work? Yeah. So, um, obviously, we I work a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, because I enjoy what I do. Yeah. Um my my key passion outside of of work uh, that I've only found recently is actually outrigger canoe racing. What? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's actually it's a it originates in the South Pacific. That's right. no surprise that. Yeah, it up. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm actually part of a, a club called the um, Royal Outrigger Canoe Club right. (ROCC). So we're based out of Teddington. Right. Um, and we paddle from there, and it's uh, the crews I race in predominantly a six people crews. Yeah, it's a it's a big canoe and it's got an armor. It's got um, the arm out, yeah, like the Polynesian ones. Yeah, yeah, Polynesian. the ones that they used to cross on the islands. Yeah, yeah. They, them things are mad. Yeah, yeah. So it's great fun. Really? Uh, yeah, it's so much fun. It's very physical. You cook up some. You cook up some quite good speed on them, don't you? Yeah. How fast do you go? Uh, we're like if you got a good flow. Yeah. You, you do sort of 15, 16 kilometers an hour. That's a lot, I'd isn't say, it? Yeah. Fifteen, yeah. sixteen knots. Yeah. Kilometers. 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 Now. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Knots. Knots. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, have you got John, you got John alone? <laughs> but no, it's good fun. So, so, so the whole way I found it is, there's a uh, one of the one of the guys in the in the canoe club works for for service now as well, and right, he wanted to. He's amazing. He's crazy. Sorry, James. Yeah. Um, he and you know five others did a, a Guinness World Record with a really yeah. Uh, they paddled and it's paddling, not yeah. rowing. Because we face the right way when we go down. There. Oh, so you're, you're just doing it like that. Yeah. So we're, but you're swapping sides. Swap, yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than the. Yeah, rather mission. than this. Or that yeah. or that, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But we're also, you know, we're facing the right way. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. we're when okay. we're paddling, right. um, they did two two hundred odd kilometers of the the Thames and oh, one right. and one hit. I think it was like twenty. Uh, I think it was just under twenty four hours. They did it in or slightly. Yeah, amazing. No way. Amazing. Yeah. I hope they did it in summer. Huh? It was summer, wasn't it? Uh, it was. I don't think it was. No, it wouldn't have been the hot summer. I don't think. Wait. I can't remember exactly when it was. But um, James, you are mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 wanted to obviously promote the sport. Yeah. Um. 
So and 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 you know create a culture. So so ServiceNow has this this amazing um, culture champions group, right, right? Where we promote events and and belonging and, and personal identity within yeah, yeah. within the business. Um, and a lot of the times we we like to raise money for charity and and things like that. Yeah, so. Of he he organised this this event on the Thames because right. um, our our Stains office is obviously Stains upon Thames yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just out outside so so we're doing sort of five hundred metres sprints I think it was right uh, in these boats and that was my first taste oh, obviously right. you know I like to go gym I just think yeah I'm, yeah 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 I can do anything it's good for fitness though isn't it without a doubt we we, we were top ten. That's we're, not bad. Out of twelve teams, we really? were tenth. Um, <laughs> it's better than twelfth. So, so the ego was a little bit bruised. So, I, I joined the club so the next year I could do better. <laughs> yeah. and have you done better yet? Uh, yeah, we got up? second. We got second in, Se- the, in hey, the last one. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Um, but yeah, actually, like fell in love with it. Yeah, it's great. You know, you, and how often do you train for it then? So I try and go at least once a week. Right. Um, we did the. I've actually done two national competitions now. Oh, really? So we did the national sprint event uh, last year um, where the crew I was in managed to get – one of the crews I was in, we got bronze for the 1,000-meter. Oh, well done. Um, which was cool. Never done a 1,000-meter race, never done a turn in one of these boats before. But Really? Oh, you had we, to turn as well? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not so, just straight on? So the 1,000-meter sprint, it was 250-meter uh, lengths and you're turning and then yeah. – Oh, really? Obviously, every, you know, you've got a six-person crew and if you lean to the uh, – That's actually quite hard with an arm yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, it comes out. There's two yeah. two ayakus, and then and then, it's and then the, the float. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're leaning towards the armor, okay, it's not going to yeah. flip. But if you lean right, as I found out the first time I ever went at a single person one, I flipped about a meter from the bank. <laughs> My God. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously everyone has a, a certain role. So you do single um, single person ones as well. Uh, so to to get in the national. Um, competitions you have to set a time trial on the single but it's good to train in the singles as well oh really um so have you got your own one no no no, no. so so the club has has a number that we they've got four four single ones right we can use and then they've got uh three i think it's three uh six person a two person and a three person really um but a lot of people right. at the club do do have their own that they they take out as well all right. Um, so, do you think in some time in the future you're going to challenge the Oxford and um, <laughs> as the the future of um, rowing on the Thames? I reckon. I reckon it might be the way to go. Yeah, sounds um, more interesting than just a bunch of guys going backwards in a straight line. Oh, it's good yeah. fun. It's good fun. And you know, the 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 people at the club, the the fitness level is just insane. We've got some really really um, high performance sports people yeah. at, at that club. You know, people that have represented the country at the the Olympics. Right. Um, multiple multiple national and and world champions. Do you think I um, might struggle with? <laughs> <laughs> teach about a drink but I, had, I did have to laugh they're like well why did you join I was like because I didn't do well enough at the work competition for charity so I want to do better <laughs> next year and I still didn't win oh no oh no but no it's good fun so, so I enjoy that. that that keeps the you know that that exercises the the, the body a bit, mm. um, helps to to relieve any any stress from the great week. for the mental health as well. Exactly, yeah. I think like you know mental health is massively important. Completely agree. Um, you know everyone everyone is stressed, or you know London especially, it's a massively busy city, right? Yeah, so, gotcha. yeah. um, best know, city in the world, mate, without a doubt. 
Oh, I've been here for nearly 10 years now, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do think that. I've um, been to a lot. I, I, do, yeah. I, I do genuinely believe that it's the best city in the world. But yeah, look at, looking after your mental health is, is massively important. Crucial. So and, and getting outside. Mm. Even if you're paddling in the dead of winter, whereas, yeah. you know, I think it's minus minus six or something one day, yeah. and you're out on the Thames, and that first time you, you get your hand in the water, and it's... <laughs> yeah. We've got Ethan here with us. He doesn't say much, but um, Ethan... He's pulling funny faces when Matt says that, but Ethan goes training every weekend and challenges himself to do things like jump in a horse trough when it's freezing or he jumps in lakes in the middle of December. So I think Ethan could challenge you, Matt, to be fair. Couldn't you, Ethan? Sir? Yes, I can. (laughs) Come come down New Zealand. I'll take you to to the lake at the bottom of Mount Cook. Oh, God, no. Glacial fed lake. Yeah. Yeah, I, sw- I swam in that last year. Really? September oh, last yeah, you year. Told yeah, us. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I bet you were singing soprano for a few years after. Hi, mummy, it's Matt. <laughs> you been in that lake again? <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, listen, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you very much for joining us here at Wear Many Hats. It's been fantastic to learn about your career. Have you enjoyed it? Loved it. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for having us. We'll have to get you back in a few years' time for a um, follow-up episode. Yeah, definitely. Look forward yeah. to it. Matt Brownlee, <laughs> two. <laughs> All right, where many hats, listeners? Um, that's it for another episode of the show. Um, another really interesting one. Um, Matt's journey has been fantastic. Um, and I think we can all learn a little something about that and especially people that are looking to come into the industry thanks again for joining us on the show we will see you next time 